Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Hey! Hi! <laughs> it's okay. been a minute since we've podcasted, so this could be rough. Sorry, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks, and uh, I don't know what's what. Also, kind of hate this episode. Okay, listen, I don't hate this episode. I do. I hate yeah. Metatron in this episode. So I hate you know. Metatron. So I, anything that has to do with Metatron, I automatically kind of hate. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah about that. So yeah. Um, okay. So kick today, what? I want to kick him in the teeth. Oh, I heard you say pig feet, and I was like, huh? No, uh. kicking in the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so today we were talking about season nine, episode 18, called Metafiction. Okay, so so we start out hearing uh, record needle static. Yes, sorry, haven't looked at these notes in a while. Okay, Uh, so static, and then we see some hands typing on a typewriter. Um, The song, hmm, Fanfare Rondu by Jean-Joseph Moray. These are all questions. Okay. Uh, song plays in the background. Uh, the camera pulls back and we see that it is Metatron sitting at the typewriter. That bad looks, bastard. I know. And then he looks straight into the camera at us, which makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, what makes the story work? Is it the plot, the characters, the text, the subtext? And who gives the story meaning? Is it the writer or you? Tonight, I thought I would tell you a little story and let you decide. And then we get our opening title sequence, uh, which is, of course, the supernatural wings. And then that kind of gets, like, sucked backwards. um, And then out pops, you know, froofy wings (laughs) and changing color. And it says Metatron instead of Supernatural, which really irked my tater. But that's Yep, I didn't like that. (laughs) I didn't like it at all. Very presumptuous. I just, mm, I want to poop on your Metatron wings, and that's fine. Okay. <laughs> so then, thankfully, finally, we cut to Dean taking a shower, which hey. I really needed that after well, all that douchiness. This episode, I was kind of like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, okay, thank you. We needed that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's in uh, the Men of Letters bunker. Uh, we get some time to appreciate this. Um, and then he stands in front of a mirror and wipes away the steam. He looks into his own eyes for a second and sighs, and then he looks at his right arm and rubs the mark of Cain. So we cut to Sam talking on the phone, looking through files in the Men of Letters library. Um, he says into the phone, yeah, all right. Thanks, Carlos. Listen, if you, uh, catch wind of any other demon activity, give me a holler, all right? Appreciate it. Uh, They hang up, and then Dean comes into the room. Sam says, hey. Dean says, anything? Sam says, yeah, a dozen demon-related cases, people without souls, acting out, but, and Dean says, but no sign of Abaddon. Sam says, right, looks like she's vanished. Dean says, well, we just got to keep digging. Sam says, right, and then he notices Dean rubbing absentmindedly at the mark of Cain on his arm. Sam asks, you okay? Dean says, yeah, I'm fine. Let's get to work. Sam says, all right. So we cut to a dark hallway. Uh, I think we're underground in like a factory. Cass is walking down a corridor. 
he catches his jacket on something and the inside lining tears. Um, he notices but continues his search. Uh, he enters a room and there are bloodied angel bodies everywhere. Uh, and on the wall is a sigil written in blood. He gets out his phone and takes a picture of it. Uh, behind him, someone stands up and draws an angel blade on him. He whips around and disarms a woman, and she is the angel, Hannah. She says, please, please don't hurt me. Which, okay, you were just going to stab him in the back, like, and then go right to please don't, okay, just, like, mm. blow your roll, Hannah. I actually quite love Hannah, but, like, mm, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, okay. Uh, Cass says, I'm not going to hurt you. It's okay. What's your name? She says, Hannah. Cass says, Hannah, what happened here? Hannah looks at the sigil and then back at Cass. Cass says, yeah, I heard it too. What was it? Hannah says, I don't know. It uh, sounded familiar. It sounded like heaven. It's so strange down here. I, uh, I followed the tone and found so many of my brothers and sisters had as well. It felt safe here. And then the door slammed shut and a strange angel arrived. He said he worked for the new god. Cass says, for Metatron? Hannah says, mm-hmm. He made us an offer. Join Metatron, fight for him, and those that did would one day be allowed to return to heaven. Cass says, return to heaven? Hannah says, I didn't believe him either, but he said he would take us home. Some angels joined him. My friends and I refused. And uh, Cass says, I'm sorry for your loss, for all our loss. Cass touches Hannah's forehead and heals her wounds. She says, you're Castile, aren't you? Cass says, yes. Hannah says, you took a stand against Bartholomew. Are you going to help us? Lead us. All of that, yes. <laughs> she says, lead us against Metatron? Cass says, I'm no leader. Hannah says, but you. Cass says, I'm no leader, Hannah, but I will find Metatron and I will make him pay. Hannah says, let me help you. Let us help you. Let Cass me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Cass says, you are safer away from me. Now, this angel who attacked you, what was his name? Uh, so we cut to Sam and Dean on the phone with Cass. Sam says, Gadriel? Gadriel is working for Metatron? For how long? Cass goes into his motel room and says, I don't know. Dean says, so Metatron made Gadriel kill Kevin. Cass says, it would explain a lot, and there have been no new prophets, which Metatron could have fixed to his advantage. Dean says, and Gadriel said the angels are returning to heaven. How? I thought that spell was irreversible. Sam says, that's what Crowley said. Look, let's just find Gadriel and, and beat some answers out of him. Cass says, yeah, here's something to start with that. Uh, and he fumbles with his phone a bit. He says, hold on, I'm, uh, uh, I'm sending you a photo of the symbol that drew all the angels in. Uh, Sam opens his computer and says, okay, got it. Cass says, it's acting as some kind of angel siren. I think it's a spell. The ingredients used to create it were very odd. Griffin feathers, bones of a fairy. I've never seen it before. Sam says, yeah, me neither. All right, let me see what I can find. Cass looks at the honor bar fridge in the motel room and mutters to himself, honor bar? What's honorable about a miniature bar in a motel room? <laughs> Dean says, everything it'll get you honorably drunk <laughs> yeah, that's true uh, Apparently, Cass smiles and says how are you Dean Dean smiles back and says I'm fine Cass how about you Cass a little wistfully says 
I miss my wings. Life on the road smells. Dean laughs and says, hmm. Sam says, yeah, listen, I got a match. And it's not from the lore. It's from police records. Looks like that symbol you found was spotted at a handful of crime scenes the last couple of days. All multiple homicides. Cass says, and where were these crime scenes? Sam says, uh, Utah, Baker, Hill Valley. Cass says, and I'm in Bishop Falls, Utah. Sam says, also looks like most of the crime scenes were industrial areas. Cass looks at a map on the wall and says, looks like Gadriel is heading north. Dean says, what's the next big town? Cass says, there are two. It could be Auburn or Ogden. Dean says, all right, you take Auburn. We'll take Ogden. Meet in the middle. They hang up and Cass starts to put files in his case when the electricity starts to flicker and buzz. He stops and looks around. Uh, we cut back to the bunker. Dean says to Sam, didn't we work a case in Ogden? Sam says, yeah, it was a, it was a witch. Situ okay. Sam says, it was a witch situation, right? Dean says, yeah, there was that kid in town that helped us, wasn't there? Sam says, yes, we should call him, see if he's still in business. Dean says, yeah, what's his name? So we cut to outside a store. A car pulls up and a hooded figure walks in and speaks to the dude behind the counter, whose name is Ian. The hooded man says, good afternoon. Ian says, it's afternoon? <laughs> the hooded man says, I wonder if I may procure from your... Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to start that over. He says, I wonder if I may procure from you the feathers of a griffin. Ian kind of chuckles and says, uh, we got some off-the-menu items, but uh, this ain't Diagon Alley, man. <laughs> the, hooded, <laughs> yeah, the hooded guy pulls back his hood, and we see that it is Gadriel. He says, I saw the hunter sign on the door, young man. You have what I seek. Ian says, Griffin Feathers, huh? Not exactly looking to trip the light fantastic, are we? Gadriel says, humans never cease to amaze me. Ian says, excuse me? Gadriel says, I'm curious. Do you also have fairy bones? It does not matter what realm they are from. <laughs> like, okay, weirdo. Oddly I know. Specific, you know like. <laughs> yep. Ian says, specific, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Ian says, griffins and fairies. The hell are you hunting, man? Gadriel says, family. Ian says, okay, let me see what we have here. So we cut back to Cass's motel room. He's getting ready to leave when the electricity starts to flicker again. The TV pops on and starts to play our favorite, Casa Erotica 14. <laughs> In the video, a woman says, sometimes you need a break from the hustle and bustle of city life. Hashtag, am I right? Sometimes you need hashtag Casa Erotica. Casa Erotica. Castiel says, that's inappropriate. <laughs> In yes, the video, <laughs> I know. In the video, there's a knock on the door. The woman gets up and answers it. And it is Gabriel with a porn stash on. He says to Cass, Hello, remember me, Bucko? He rips his porn sash off and says, Gabriel, I'm going to take that as a yes. He snaps his fingers and the TV goes black. Cass slowly turns around and Gabriel is standing behind him. Gabriel says, I need your help, brother. Cass says, I thought you were dead. Gabriel says, please, you can't take the trick out of the trickster. Cass says, so I assumed you faked your own death. Gabriel says, and I assume you weren't let into Mensa while I was gone. Cass says, where have you been? Gabriel says, oh, you know, hither with a side of yawn. I was hiding. 
Captain Side-Eyes, in the safest place in the universe, heaven. <laughs> but then you and the other two Stooges had to go and ruin Christmas now, didn't you? Cass says, sorry. <laughs> Gabriel says, oh, cry me a river. Look, I dropped, I hid, I finally watched Downton Abbey. But then <laughs> your BFF, Metatron, sent his minions out looking for me. Apparently, he thinks since I'm an archangel that I have extra juice. Cass says, and that you're a threat. Gabriel says, yeah, but I got hurt in the fall, too. Used most of my juice to get back into porn. Uh, that came out wrong. Uh, that did come out wrong. And then he says, uh, so did that. Uh, the point is, I've been on the run. But then, a few weeks ago, someone started playing my song. Cass says, the angel siren. Gabriel says, no, the horn of Gabriel. One of Dad's little party favors that I never got around to messing with. Metatron dug it up and started blowing. So I came out hiding. <laughs> that also I came out wrong, too. <laughs> All of that came out wrong. I got questions about the horn of Gabriel now. But okay. <laughs> Cass says, why? Gabriel says, there's safety in numbers. But Metatron was using it to trap angels, not unite them. Cass says, it wasn't Metatron. It was his second in command, Gadriel. Gabriel says, Gadriel? That old chestnut? Wow. Cass says, what do you want from me? Gabriel says, your help, Columbo. I'm getting the band back together. We're going on the Kill Metatron tour, and you're looking at the new front man. So we cut to the Impala, pulling up in front of Ian's shop. It's nighttime now. Sam and Dean go inside, and they search around with flashlights. Dean says, got an open box of feathers over here. Sam opens a closet and sees that Ian is dead inside, and his eyes are angel burned out of his head. And he's hanging from the coat rack. <laughs> he is. Why you got to hang him up? Come on. I mean, I don't know. Is that better? I don't know. Uh, at least he's to... not in a puddle on the floor, but also, like, yeah. I know. None of it's good. <laughs> Sam says, Dean. Dean says, we got to find Gadriel before he lights up that bat signal. So we cut back to Cass and Gabriel. They're driving while Cass is trying to call Dean. He gets his voicemail, which says, this is Dean's other, other cell, so you must know what to do. Beep. Cass says, Dean, it's me. Um, uh, but at that moment, Gabriel grabs the phone out of Cass's hand and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hands free much? Both on the wheel. I'm precious cargo. Uh, into the phone, he says, hey, what's up, shorties? Remember me? The guy who died for your sins? No, not the cat with the beard and the sandals. The hot one. Hey. Thank you so much for the flowers and condolences. Really meant a lot to the fam. Any old how, your boy toy and I are rolling our way towards your top secret domicile. Ooh, call to discuss. Then he hangs up and says to Cass, those kooky kids. <laughs> Cass says, so you've been back for months. What have you seen out there? Gabriel says, after it was raining winged men, hallelujah. Well, you know, total nigh biblical chaos. Crowley and Abadouche duking it out. Good times. And then there's our peeps, scattered like confetti. Cass says, there has been a lot of confusion. Gabriel says, you think? Most angels aren't like us, Castiel. They can't handle this whole free will thing. They're sheep, drones. But us, we're different. We're rebels. One without a cause, one with. Cass says, I'm just a soldier. Gabriel says, bitch, please. You've been God more often than dad has. Cass kind of chuckles and says, yeah, look how that turned out. Gabriel says, well, go ahead. Be a soldier all you want. I'm going to need as many as I can find. Cass says, why are you doing this, Gabriel? Gabriel says, 
I always run from dad, from the family. I don't want to run anymore. I want to do what I was meant to do, lead. Cass says, well, we need a leader, and I'm happy it's going to be you. Gabriel kind of looks slyly out of the window and says, a little low on gas, aren't we? So they pull up to a gas and sip and go inside the little mini mart. Gabriel walks around and says, ooh, smell that cancer. Delicious. Uh, suddenly a truck pulls up outside and a bunch of people jump off and approach the door. Gabriel says, uh, remember the minions of Metatron I mentioned? Gabriel goes over to the door and locks it. Uh, we cut to Gadriel walking to his car in a dark alley, uh, but he looks up and sees Sam walking around a corner. Sam takes out his phone and calls Cass because his voicemail. Sam says, Cass, it's Sam again. Call us. We need your help. He hangs up and then jumps as he sees Gadriel right in front of him. Gadriel smiles, but before he can make any kind of move, a lighter clicks open and Dean drops it from above, igniting a ring of holy fire around Gadriel. Dean says, hey, douchebag. Sam super angrily says, remember me? (laughs) (laughs) I know. He is mad. (laughs) So we cut back to the gas and sip. Cass and Gabriel are trying to figure out what to do. Gabriel says, we'll never keep these guys out of here. Cass says, I know. So we fight. Gabriel says, no, I fight. I lied before. I never watched Downton Abbey. I was just trying to fit in. Oh, and I do have some Archangel juice left. I can hold these boneheads off long enough. Cass says, long enough for what? Gabriel says, for you to get out of here. Cass says, no, I'm not leaving you. Gabriel says, yes, you are. Cass says, those guys will cut you to ribbons. Gabriel says, but I can stall them long enough for you to amscray, and you can take my place. Cass says, what are you talking about? Gabriel says, the angels need a leader, and it's got to be somebody like us, someone different. Cass says, no. Gabriel says, I know you don't want this burden, Castiel. Neither do I. Cass says, what if I fail again? Gabriel says, you won't. You can't. Cass suddenly pulls Gabriel into a hug and says, thank you. Gabriel hugs him back and says, shut up. Then Cass turns to leave, and as he does so, he goes to put his angel blade into his coat, but notices that it is no longer torn from earlier. He turns back around, suddenly very suspicious. Mm-hmm. Gabriel says, haven't got all day, hot pants. Cass says, was any of this real? Gabriel says, what the hell are you talking about? Cass, go. Cass doesn't move, and Gabriel says, what, so we both die here? Uh, Cass suddenly slides his angel blade right into Gabriel's body, and it does nothing. Cass says, no, you're already dead. Gabriel says, well. Then he snaps his fingers, and all the minions busting through the door disappear. Gabriel says, what gave it all away? Cass says, my coat was torn earlier today. Gabriel says, ah, crap. I really hate continuity errors. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Cass says, so, none of this is real, and I'm guessing I'm no longer in the motel. Gabriel says, here's the thing. None of it was real, but all of it was true. Cass says, whose truth, yours or Metatron's? Gabriel says, just hear him out, would you? He's just trying to help you. Cass says, really, how? Gabriel says, eh, sorry, didn't read the whole script. Just, uh, you know, skimmed for my parts. Well, it's good to see you, old bean. Gabriel goes to snap his fingers to disappear, but Cass stops him and says, wait, 
are you dead? Gabriel kind of smirks and then snaps his fingers. Everything disappears, and Cass comes to gagged and tied to a chair in Metatron's study. Metatron is still typing. He looks up and takes his glasses off. He smiles at Cass and says, what makes a story work? Cass is really confused. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, hi. Okay, so I got a whole big question about this. Maybe we should talk about this later. But so <laughs> the whole Gabriel thing, I mean, was that Metatron with, you know, powered up and making all these illusions himself? Or was that him actually bringing Gabriel back from wherever Gabriel is, dead or not dead, to play this role? So my know? understanding of it is kind of what I thought is that like Metatron kind of like did the whole like profit thing like with the whole like with the supernatural books or whatever and was like yeah. writing it for it to happen sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so but but is this not really Gabriel then? Or is it? I don't think so. Okay. No. Okay. I just I wasn't. I wasn't clear on that. The first time I watched this, which is so many years ago, I was like, oh, yeah, that's just all Metatron, you know, whatever. And yeah. then watching it again, I had to watch it a couple times because I thought we were going to do this episode, you know, weeks ago and then had to rewatch it yesterday. And I was like, oh, like, is that actually Gabriel? Like, I don't think so. I don't okay. think it's I think it's just like all an illusion. Just an illusion to... in a trickster yeah. way because he has that ability right now. OK. Yeah. Gotcha. OK. <clears throat> all right. Um. Uh, so we cut to the abandoned factory. Sam and Dean have Gadriel tied to a chair inside the holy oil, holy oil fire circle. <laughs> Gadriel says to Sam, if this is like looking into a funhouse mirror for me, I cannot imagine what it is like for you. Sam, barely controlling his shit, yells, how long have you been working for Metatron? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Gadriel says, I will not talk and you cannot make me. Sam says, yeah. Gadriel says, I have been you, Sam Winchester. Your insides reek of shame and weakness. Uh, uncalled for. Okay. Like, rude. <laughs> so Sam, like, jumps forward and punches Gadriel in the face. He goes to do it again, but Sam gets in front of him and puts his hand on Sam's chest to stop him. Dean says, Sam, 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 come here. So we cut back to Metatron's study. He is talking to the camera again. At us, which I do not like. Don't look at me. Thank you. I know. Like, um, I know. No. <laughs> no. You can't see me. Okay. Metatron says, tonight, I thought I'd tell you a little story. Let you decide. That was... <laughs> Sorry. Bless you. That's okay. It's awful today. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, bad. <laughs> Metatron says, uh, that was my plan anyway. I guess that's where my story failed. Uh, he stops the music playing and removes Castiel's gag. Then he pulls back Cass's coat and looks at the torn pocket. He says, yes, this is a curious incident. Eh, Inspector Gregory? Cass says, who? Metatron <laughs> says, Inspector Gregory, Sherlock Holmes, Silver Blaze? Cass is still confused. <laughs> Metatron rolls his eyes and says, you have been around since scaly things crawled out of the muck. Would it have killed you to pick up a book, watch a movie? Here, I know it's a bit of a retcon, but it's going to make this whole conversation a lot easier. And he presses his fingers to Cass's head, and Cass, like, reels back and gasps in pain. Metatron says, I just gave you every book, movie, and TV show I have consumed in the last couple of millennia. Now, do you understand that the universe is made up of stories, not atoms? Cass, still a little confused, says, I understand that's a quote by Muriel Rukas 
Rookster. No, nope, that's not how you say it. Rookgeyser. I'm saying that name totally wrong and I'm sorry, but okay. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Metatron says, ah, it can be taught. Here are a few more lessons. First rule of Writers Club steal from the best. Second rule every hero needs a villain. Cass says, what are you talking about? Metatron says, Hannah and her sisters. I set all that up. Told Gadriel, slaughter all those who will not join my army, but let one live. One to tell the tale. Cass says, is it true? Can you bring angels back to heaven? Metatron chuckles and says, sorry, no spoilers. And you keep missing the point. You're supposed to lead the angels. Cass says, I am not a leader, Metatron. Metatron says, apparently. So I did my homework. And he picks up a book off the desk. It is the book Tall Tales by Carver Edland. Metatron says, the Winchester, the, <laughs> start that <laughs> the Winchester Gospels, pulpy stuff. And then he throws the book into the fire and in the fireplace and says, gave me an idea, though. You needed to be taught a lesson and nobody teaches lessons better than good old Gabriel, a.k.a. the trickster. So I started typing. Cass says, and you did all this to make me a hero? Metatron starts laughing uncontrollably, like a real dickbag. I hated that. It it made me cringe so hard. I'm like, I'm, no, no. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) He needs to be bent over and spanked and not in that good way. You know what I mean? (laughs) God. (laughs) Okay. Metatron says, Ah, that's priceless. Um, no, you are not the hero in this masterpiece. You are the villain. I'm the I hero. I like masterpiece, though. That was clever. I like that, too. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to the abandoned factory. Sam and Dean are quietly talking just a few steps away from Gadriel. Dean says, he's not going to crack that fast. Sam says, I know. Maybe you could hack him like you and Crowley hacked me. Dean says, no, no, no. Crowley's the only one who can do that. And I'm in no mood to call that dick bag. We need Cass. Sam says, any word from him? Dean says, no. I tried him again. He hasn't called. He hasn't texted. I turned on the GPS on his phone. He's still in the same town where we talked to him last. Sam says, what the hell? Dean says, I don't know. You got to go find him. Sam says, wait, what? Dean says, you're too close to this man. Sam says, and what? You're not? Dean says, we're not at this five minutes, and you're already going Liam Neeson on his ass. I got this. So Sam nods and takes off. Dean walks back over to Gadriel. Gadriel says, so, he acts tough, and you show kindness. Is that how this works? Dean says, no. See, I don't care whether you talk. You're going to pay for what you did to him. And Kevin. So we cut back to Metatron's room. He says, do you know why I didn't kill you after I stole your grace? I like you, truly. Among all God's little wind-up toys, you are the only one with any spunk. I left you human because I was hoping you would live happily ever after. But you screwed that up, too. And now, uh, you leave me no choice. I mean, if you want to get back on the board, fine. But you're going to have to follow my script. Cass says, well, based on your assessment, that doesn't sound like me. Like, um, dude. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Metatron says, lead the dumb, disenfranchised, rebellious angels against me, Castiel. They will follow you. And they'll all die. But I'm going to save a nice warm seat up top for you. You will be saved. Cass says, no. Metatron says, hmm, you're going to make me do the hard pitch, aren't you? 
how's that um, stolen grace inside you working out? Cass looks uncomfortable, but says, it's fine. Metatron says, no, it's not. It's burning out. It's going to burn you out. But I will give you an endless supply of rechargeable batteries. Deal? Uh, the door opens and a woman walks in. She says, sorry to interrupt your writing session, sir, but something's happened. Metatron says, what's wrong? The woman says, it's Gadriel. So we cut back to Dean cutting with his angel blade deeply across Gadriel's arm. Gadriel screams in agony. Dean uh, cleans off the blood of his blade and says, word around the campfire is, you let the snake into the garden. Ruined it for all humanity. Gadriel says, I set them free. I loved humanity. Dean says, well, you sure got a funny way of showing it, asshat. Now, look, you tell me about this getting back into heaven crap, and I'll end this quick. Otherwise, you can sit here and rot in those chains forever. Up to you. Gadriel says, all your talk, all your bluster, you think you are invincible. The two of you against the world, right? Dean turns his back on Gadriel and says, damn straight. Gadriel says, you really think Sam would do anything for you? Dean turns back to Gadriel and says, oh, I know he would. Gadriel says, I have been in your brother's body, Dean. He would not trade his life for yours. Dean says, well, thanks for the rerun, pal. Sam's already told me all that crap. Hell, he's told me worse. Gadriel says, he told you that he has always felt that way. Dean just stares at him. Gadriel says that he thinks you are just a scared little boy who's afraid to be on his own because daddy never loved him enough. And he is right, isn't he? Right to think you are a coward, a sad, clingy, needy. Uh, and just then, Dean punches Gadriel in the mouth very hard. <laughs> Dean yells, <laughs> I know. Dean yells, keep it up. Gadriel says, pathetic bottom feeder who cannot even take care of himself, who would rather drag everyone through the mud than be alone, who would let everyone around him die. Uh, Dean is totally done with this, so he swings his angel blade to stab Gadriel in the chest, but just before it reaches him, he notices that Gadriel's uh, eyes are closed, and he is waiting for his death scene. Uh, Dean stops before he stabs him. Gadriel opens his eyes and desperately says, no, do it, kill me. Dean says, oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? That's what that whole speech was about. You're not afraid to die, are you? You're afraid to be left in these chains forever. Well, you can sit here and rot, you son of a bitch. So we cut to Sam pulling up to Cass's motel. He gets out and goes into the room. Uh, we cut to Dean going into a gross-ass bathroom in the factory. <laughs> we cut back to <laughs> Sam looking around Cass's room. He sees Cass's phone on the table. Uh, we cut to Dean. He sets his cell down on the sink and splashes some water on his face. He looks into the mirror and stares at the reflection of the mark of Cain. Uh, we cut back to Sam. He picks up Cass's phone and notices that there are six missed calls from Dean. Sam suddenly hears someone behind him, and he draws his gun and turns um, around quickly. Sorry, my notes were weird there. He turns around quickly, <laughs> and it is Metatron. Metatron says, easy there, Tiger. I'm here to trade. You have something of mine, and I have something of yours. Bring him here tomorrow, say, six-ish. If not, Castile dies. No comebacks this time. Sam says, an even trade? Metatron says, I'm an entity of my word. And then Metatron disappears. We cut back to Dean. His phone vibrates on the sink. Sam tries to call him, but Dean is holding his right arm um, and the angel blade. He heads back to Gadriel. Uh, we cut to a short time later. 
The Impala pulls up to the factory and Sam goes inside the room uh, where Gadriel was tied up, but the chair is overturned and there is a lot of blood pooling on the floor. Sam says, Dean, Dean. He looks around and notices Dean on the other side of the room, propped up against the wall, looking all unconscious. (laughs) Sam, (laughs) Sam rushes over to him and Dean starts to stir. Sam says, Dean, hey, are you okay? And we see that Dean's right hand is very bloody. Dean says, yeah, yeah, you got to stop asking me that. Sam says, I've been calling you. I mean, why didn't you? uh..." And then we see Gadriel, who is lying very close to Dean, very bloody and unconscious. Dean says, he won't talk. Sam says, I figured. Dean says, he wanted to die. And I was going to kill him. I was. But then I stopped because I know we need him to talk. Sam says, Dean, listen, Metatron has Cass. He's offering up a trade. Dean says, we can't trust Metatron. Sam says, I know that, obviously. But look, this is the first time we're going to know for sure where Metatron is. Let's take a drill to the meetup, make the exchange, and then trap Metatron. So we cut to outside Cass's motel. The boys wait next to the Impala. Sam says, he's late. Dean says, or he's not going to show. Metatron suddenly appears and says, of course I'm going to show. I was just waiting for you two to finish uh, setting up your little trap for me. He moves forward a bit and says, uh, am I hitting my mark? Well, come on, let's go. I'm waiting. So Sam and Dean look at each other awkwardly. And then Dean throws down a lit Zippo and it lights up a burning holy fire circle around Metatron, uh, who starts to fake, you know, pain and agony. And then he starts laughing like a real jerk nugget. <laughs> Metatron. A real dickhead. <laughs> yep. Metatron says, either of you bring s'mores? Holy fire always gives them a delightfully minty aftertaste. Make a wish, boys. And then Metatron blows out the holy flames like a candles on a cake. <laughs> the boys jump forward with their angel blades, but Metatron sends them flying back into the Impala when he flicks his wrist. Metatron says, no thanks. He walks to the Impala's trunk and opens it, and he just, like, flicks his wrist, and the angel warding just fades away to nothing. Metatron says, bye-bye. Uh, Gadriel gets out of the trunk as the car pulls up, and Cass gets out of the car. He walks over to Sam and Dean. Metatron says, well, a deal is a deal. Dean says, why are you doing this? Metatron says, because I can. Because you and your little brother and your fine feathered friend and all those secrets you got locked away in your bunker can't stop me. But I am going to enjoy watching you try. It's going to be a hell of a show. I'll see you around, Castiel. Never forget, I gave you a chance. And he disappears again. Dean says, somebody want to tell me what the hell's going on? (laughs) Cass says, (laughs) Metatron is trying to play God. Sam says, play God? Cass, he erased angel warding. He friggin' blew out holy fire. He is God. He's powering up with the angel tablet. How the hell are we supposed to stop this guy? Dean says, all right, so what if there is a stairway to heaven? We find it and get a drop on the guy. Sam says, you want to sneak onto the Death Star and take out the Emperor? Cass says, okay, I'm not sure what a fictional battle station in space has to do with this, but if taking out the Emperor means taking out Metatron, I'm on board. (laughs) Dean exchanges a very confused look with Sam. Uh, Dean says to Cass, wait, did did you just understand a Death Star reference? Cass says, yeah, I think so, but I don't understand what it has to do with heaven. <laughs> like, I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sam says to Dean, it's halfway, I guess. <laughs> Dean <laughs> says to Cass, you're sure you're all right? Cass says, yes. And you? 
there's something different about you. Dean pats Cass on the shoulder with his right hand and says, I'm fine. But Cass grabs Dean's arm and pushes up his sleeve, revealing the mark of Cain. Cass is not happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, what have you done? Dean yanks his hand back and says, it's a means to an end. Cass says, damn it, Dean. Dean says, look, you find heaven, you drop a dime. Meantime, I got a night to kill. And Dean kind of stomps over to the driver's side of the car. <laughs> Cass says, no, Sam says to Cass, be safe out there. Cass says, you too. Hey, Sam, you keep an eye on him. So we cut to uh, Gadriel entering Metatron's little lair. Metatron says, is the door secure? Gadriel says, yes, the way home is safe. Metatron says, thank you, Gadriel. Gadriel says, how did your play turn out? Metatron says, didn't quite turn out as I planned, but that is why we rewrite. That was God's problem, you know. He published the first draft. You got to keep at it to get all your ducks in a row. Gadriel says, was the Winchesters grabbing me part of your plan? Metatron smiles and says, that was a surprise. But hey, what writer doesn't love a good twist? My job is to set up interesting characters and see where they lead me. The byproduct of having well-drawn characters is they may surprise you, but I know something they don't know, the ending. How I get there doesn't matter as long as everybody plays their part. Gadriel has like a weird half smile on his face. Uh, He nods and leaves. Metatron goes over to his music player and starts the music again. As it plays, we cut to Sam and Dean driving in the dark. Sam is watching Dean with a worried expression as Dean stares straight ahead. Then we cut to Cass back in his motel room. He tears down all the maps from the wall. We cut back to the Impala cruising by with the sunrise in the background. We cut to Metatron, who is typing still. We cut back to Cass, who has drawn uh, the angel beacon sigil on the wall, which is, in fact, Gabriel's horn, right? That's Gabriel's horn? I think, is- yeah, that's what they said. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so Gabriel, no. Cass is tooting Gabriel's horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, when he opens the door, there's like 20-ish angels standing outside, um, Hannah included. Um, we, let's see, what did I write here? Oh, okay. Um, he goes over to them, and they smile at each other. And we cut to Metatron, still typing. Uh, we see the words he are he's typing are the words, to be continued. And credits. Okay, so <laughs> I really only have a couple of thoughts. Um, okay. The first one is that I don't know if I like that Cass gets references now. <laughs> I know, know it was it was endearing that he did not understand anything, but I think I think it's fun that like he he got the reference, but he couldn't like relate it to what they were talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Sam, <laughs> like, like I with get Sam's it now, like, but. Still not really. Does that have anything to do with anything? Yeah, like he doesn't. Yeah. He knows what you're talking about, but it he can't translate it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember that we do we ha- like in the future if that even comes up again. Really, you know, if there's references made and he like gets it or whatever. I can't remember. I think. You know. It might be spoilery, so I should not think out loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's that. Sorry, there's a fly that's buzzing around me. So if you hear a like, like a smacking sound, that's because I've taken my notebook and 
beat it to shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're actually really good at killing flies of all kinds. You're like the, like, not that I know, like I've hung out with a lot of people while they're killing flies, but you, you're extremely good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think that I have good uh, reflexes when it comes to them. Yeah. I'm not good. They freak me out so much that I'm like, is that it? No, oh, it's over there. They freak me out so much that I'm like on edge and just like quicker, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they Eric's like pretty good, too. Er- Eric says you have to, like, come up behind them, like, from under and behind and then whap them. But, like, uh, I don't know. I just prefer to, like, shriek and let someone else deal with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you have to, like, sneak up on them, kind of. Mm-hmm. But at least this guy seems like he's kind of slow. Yeah. So see. But I don't know. I don't know how he got in here, but mm-hmm. anyways. Um <laughs> So there's that. Also, like, I don't know if I would want to, like, have all of those, like, couple of millennia of, like, movies and books and TV shows and all that sort of stuff just, like, outright ruined for me. What if I wanted to watch that later, you know? like Yeah, but in terms of, like, Castiel, like, he probably would have read anything by now if he wanted to. So it's likely that he wasn't going to. But, yeah, like, me personally, that would be annoying. No, yeah, like, I mean, him, that's completely separate. Like, for mm-hmm. me, though, I'm like, <clears throat> excuse me, allergies is great. Um, <laughs> like, I would be big mad if somebody just, like, downloaded all of the information for all of the things to my brain without, like, being like, hey, do you want to know all these spoilers? Like, no, I don't, thanks. You know? <laughs> I would put, like, a big-ass checklist of, like, things that I want to have the knowledge of without having to take the time to read, like, the mm-hmm. entire works of Shakespeare. Not that I haven't, because I have, but like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. If someone could just download that into my brain, that's fine. And I could read my, you know, horror books yeah. and have my fun <clears> with that and still have all that knowledge of like all the classical, you know, stuff. That would be, that'd be cool. I'd like it. I, yeah. I, I need to pick what it was. Yeah. Like Star Wars, Star Trek, that sort of stuff. Like you can download that. Like I've seen... Right. Not all the Star Wars, I think, but most. I think the I haven't seen the last one still. But mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, like, you can make me get those references and that's fine, you know? <laughs> like Exactly, yeah. Because I'm probably yeah. never going to watch those. And right. a lot of people talk about those. But, like, if you give me the spoilers to one of my shows, I'm going to pitch a huge fit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a full freak out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, um, well, I had a couple thoughts real quick oh, yeah. um, that I, I think I, I meant to talk about while we were while I was doing the the review of the episode or whatever that's called the recap. Um, yeah. But OK, so that last scene with um, I want to call him Hilo, but that's not his name. His name is Gadriel. There we go. Bless you. <laughs> Sorry. That's OK. OK, so Gadriel and Metadouche, like they're talking and Gadriel. <laughs> Gadriel has this weird smile on his face, you know, and he's like, hey, like, you know, how'd your, how'd your play go? Or like, was me getting captured part of your, your plan that you were, you know, typing out? Oh, uh-huh. And, you know, as Metatron was explaining, whatever, like that whole scene, um, Gadriel had a weird look on his face. And I, do we think that this is where he's finally like, oh, hey, you're a bag of dicks. Maybe I'm on the wrong side. It kind of looked I like that, you know? Knew. I think he knows. 
now yeah i think he's just like i just want to be to me it seems like he's a survivalist more than anything else so like he doesn't care what side he's on as long as it's the side that's not losing you know like Mm -hmm. i don't really get that from him i get i get more of like a i need a redemption or i need to die you know what i mean and if i can do those things together great you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the vibe I get from him because he wanted to yeah. die at that point. Rather, I mean, sure, rather than be stuck in that circle forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe that's why he was like, dear God, like, if the I only way out of this is I didn't want to be locked up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what it was. Not that he, like, wanted to die, but he just didn't want to be locked up. Yeah. If those were, like, his options. And mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's what it kind of came across to me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Well, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and I don't remember. So I'll probably interrupt you in like 20 minutes when I do remember. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, what was your favorite moment from this? Um, well, as much as I dislike this episode for Metatron reasons, I do, of course, like it for Gabriel reasons. And mm-hmm. while I don't know, you know, if that is just Metatron's illusion or really... Uh, you know, Gabriel, probably illusion, like we talked about, like, are you okay? Yeah. You just twitched Yeah, funny. sorry. Something tickled my face and it was oh, my hair, okay. I thought it was the fly. Okay. And I freaked out a little. It's all okay. good. Okay. I just, it's yeah. flying around next. There's two of them in here! Oh, my God! <laughs> no. No! No! Ah! I'm going to lose my shit! <laughs> okay. Do you have any of those, like, fly strips, you know? Um, I don't know. Or? I know I've got, like, a, one of those... those electrical yeah like I don't know where anyways continue (laughs) (laughs) I just like spazzed for a second so yeah turns out I'm gonna be holding this the whole time now okay it's all right be swinging randomly so just ignore me and continue on with (laughs) okay (laughs) well my favorite moment was the uh whole casa erotica scene like I'm I'm a sucker for the Casa erotica scenes anyway because they're hysterical, but mm-hmm. um you know just uh you know Gabriel showing up with his little you know mustache and then like ripping it off and then just <laughs> yeah. his whole like that came out wrong so did that like all of it was just, <laughs> it was just it was great it was yeah. it was really classic Gabriel and I just thought that was fantastic I love that his character likes to communicate with people and give his messages to people through porn like that's just that's great (laughs) yeah yeah what was your kind of one of my favorites is just that whole thing with him sorry I missed it (laughs) okay (laughs) I hopefully I'm not just like (laughs) in people's ears but you're not but you can definitely hear the everywhere the the (laughs) notebook kind of laughing around (laughs) but it's good (laughs) okay so what was your favorite moment did I get him? She's still, <laughs> still trying to get flies. Sorry. I'm so distracted right now. I hate flying bugs. Like, I can't. I hate flying bugs. Anyway. No, I do too. I get it. You asked my favorite moment. Yes. Um, it was the uh, when uh, Gabriel was like, after it was raining winged men, hallelujah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that whole, like, Gabriel thing was pretty good. Like, I would agree with you. The whole, like, Costa Erotica thing it was funny. Um. I just thought the, you know, the reigning winged men was, yep. you know, also funny, too. So yep. It was. It was good. All of it was good. He's just good. I really don't like this episode all that much, other than the whole, like, Gabriel thing. Yeah, I know. So. And that's why I want to know, like, was that really... Because, like, okay, so 
So Cass at the end of his Gabriel scene was like, hey, are you really dead? And, you know, Gabriel like kind of like smirked and didn't really wink, but gave him that like, and I can tell you, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, would Metatron do that? I mean, or is that just like in Gabriel's character? And so that's why he did that. Does Metatron know if Gabriel is alive or not? I mean, I know that's a spoiler that you can't answer, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I just have those questions. Like if it was an illusion, what about that part? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. That kind of was a weird one for me too, because not that like, I, I mean, I don't think we, like, uh, yeah, well, I, no, no spoilers, but like, you know, what, what does Metatron really know about that situation? You know what I mean? Like, would I mean, he he's know been, been around for a really long time, so I would assume he's had a few run-ins. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, yeah, especially just, since he was like, you know, the right-hand man and writing everything down. Like, I'm sure he's seen everybody and, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, this episode, um, I was very different for me having, you know, seen the whole series, you know, which again, I can't really get into because of spoilers, but like Metatron on his typewriter typing everything out that, you know, when I first saw this, I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay, whatever. And now that we know more, all of it, like, that's interesting. You know, it just, it did make me see that whole, his whole way of, you know, deciding what people are doing and mm-hmm. you know typing it all out it made me look at that a little differently yeah so that was kind of cool but yeah that's start. a way later yeah. thing but yeah yeah um <clears throat> you get that yeah. fly Rochelle you get I'm it trying. <laughs> I'm trying not to let it totally distract me but it keeps flying like right by me I know also my interesting facts aren't loading so I might be stalling for this <laughs> My internet has been shit lately, and I don't know, like, none of it's working. I don't know why none of it is working. I don't either. You have to call. Okay, here. I can do the interesting facts if you give me a sec to pull it up here. Uh, Sorry that we are unprepared, which really is not. (laughs) I thought I was prepared, but then I went to go and, like, you know, actually pull it up all the way this time, and it was like, ah, nope. (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. What's the name of this episode again? I know I just oh meta fiction. Of course it is. Ugh, meta. <laughs> Metatron. Ugh. I know. Great big bags of dicks. Okay. Uh interesting facts. Here we go. Wait, are there really two? Oh no, there's more. Okay. All <laughs> of these say every single one basically says spoiler. So give me um, <laughs> just a second. Okay, this one, it says, the supernatural book Metatron puts into the fire is Tall Tales. Uh, the episode Tall Tales uh, for 2007 was the first appearance of Gabriel as the trickster. Okay. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite episodes. Like, that's in, like, top ten, actually. That's the one where, like, you first meet him, and he, and he makes that, like, college douche boy, douche boy, wow, douche bag. <laughs> Uh, like slow dance with the alien you know yeah. what I mean and then it gets probed and probed and probed and then one uh-huh. more time god I love that yeah. episode okay I did like that episode I, yeah. I, I don't know if it, well it might be up there I don't know maybe top 10 I, I just think it's one of the I actually like write down a list of like favorite episodes and like yeah. see what actually is my top 10 that one's like one of the first it's not the very first but it's one of the first like truly humorous ones where like it's yeah. humorous a lot of the way through it you know, yeah. as opposed to just having, like, a funny moment here or there. And that is one of the ones that, like, oh, you've never seen Supernatural? Like, 
it's in that list of like maybe you should try this one because yeah it's mm-hmm. hilarious and fucking weird you know what i mean so yeah Okay, uh, next one, Benjamin Rogers, who plays the shopkeeper, appeared previously in season one episode, uh, it doesn't tell you the episode, but Hookman episode, so 2005, Sam and Dean make a reference to this by mentioning that they met him in a case located in Auburn involving witches. I don't remember him in Hookman at all, but that's fine. Wait, who? The guy who plays who? Uh, the guy who played the shopkeeper, who Gadriel, like, oh, burned yeah, his yeah, eyes yeah, out. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Get that fly. Get it. Buzzy face. <laughs> Did I get it? I don't know, but you're freezing. No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Macy's hiding under my feet. She's like, please don't beat me. <laughs> Not like she's ever been beaten before, but she's just like, don't hit me with that. I swear I didn't do it. I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Maisie. Uh, you got to teach her how to eat flies. Yeah, well, she does try and go after him if she sees him, but I think she just thinks that I'm going insane. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you know. Okay. Right now? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. I, I, uh, I didn't place the um, the shopkeeper. Like, he didn't look familiar. He didn't look familiar to me at all. Yeah, but I guess season one. Yeah, he played, although I could see him maybe playing. You said it was Hookman? Hookman, yeah. I think that they said he was like. They were the kind of referencing. No, there was no scarecrow in Hookman. Was there? there was a Hookman. The, no, no, I'm thinking of the scarecrow one. The um, uh, what is that called? Um, where he's out in the like it's the apple orchard and the like. Hope your apple pie is worth it. I oh yeah, that Dean says that. That's a Dean yeah. quote. I know, I know, but the the guy who plays the scarecrow thing. Oh, I don't remember, to be honest with you. I thought it was Hookman. No, those are two two different episodes, for sure. What's Hookman? Hookman is the one where the the um the pastor's pastor's daughter was like, she had on like I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay, 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 cross yeah. and mm-hmm. she everyone that she thought was being you know hypocritical yeah. basically about their faith. Hookman was going and like. Yeah. hooking <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah, yeah. Okay. okay i was like wait yeah okay no what was the one called with the what was the episode called that had the apple orchard and everything scarecrow oh that's what, oh, okay well there mm-hmm. you go <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm like, it's got to be something other than just scarecrow that can't no, be it's it scarecrow. <laughs> i think anyway i'm i'm like 90 percent sure just 90 we'll that's go fine. with it okay all right, next interesting fact is when Cass asked Gabriel, wait, that doesn't make sense. When Cass asked, oh, I just skipped a word in my brain. That's fine. When Cass asks <laughs> what Gabriel wants from him, Gabriel says, your help, Columbo. He's referring to the trench coat wearing detective played by Peter Falk in the murder mystery series Columbo. And Peter Falk is also the grandfather in The Princess Bride, reading The Princess Bride to his sick grandkid. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So... Love me some Columbo. Okay. <laughs> um, let me see. Okay. Um, why are these spoilers? These are not even spoilery. Okay. Gabriel, I know they always kind of say that. And it's like, it's really not, though. You know? <laughs> yeah. So Gabriel asked Castiel, and I assume that you weren't let into Mensa while I was gone. Uh, Mensa is an international organization for people with high IQs. <clears throat> uh, okay. Uh, 
Castiel asks Gabriel um, what he's seen since he's been back. And Gabriel answers, after it was raining winged men, hallelujah. (laughs) He is paraphrasing the 1982 dance hit by the Weather Girls, It's Raining Men. It's raining men. (laughs) I was born that year. It's raining Lynn. Okay. (laughs) 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 Sorry. I'm sorry that happened. (laughs) Sorry for everyone who had to hear that. Okay. It was good. It was good. (laughs) Okay. When Gadriel asks for griffin feathers and a shop, the shopkeeper tells him, this ain't Diagon Alley. This is a reference to Harry Potter. Diagon Alley is an area full of shops, including those that sell magical items. Um... (laughs) Diagonally. (laughs) Diagonally, yep. (laughs) You can't say it like that. Nope. Wrong part of town. (laughs) Right. That's right. Okay. The music playing while Metatron types is the. I'm gonna say all these words wrong. There's a lot of them. Okay. It's the Rondo from Jean Joseph's Marais Symphonies de Fanfare Suite de Symphonies from 17. 29 better known as the theme from the pbs series masterpiece theory masterpiece theater i think i just said masterpiece period (laughs) (laughs) what a horrible thing (laughs) i don't think i've ever had a period and been like this was a masterpiece (laughs) nope but every time i have one i'm gonna question that so (laughs) (laughs) what a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) yep So, coincidentally, uh, Gabriel makes a reference about Downton Abbey from 2010, a show that plays on Masterpiece Theater. Um, The next one is, the mark of Cain has always been on Dean's right arm. When it appears to be on his left arm, he's looking in the mirror at his reflection. Really? That's not an interesting fact. That's just like, you're looking in a mirror, dumbass. I I know. Like, what are we confused about here? Okay. Um, so Ogden, Utah exists. However, neither Bishop Falls nor Auburn exists in Utah, which is why I couldn't find anything haunted in Auburn, Utah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Explains a lot. lot. Auburns, but not a Utah one. That's correct. Okay. So in the scene where Castiel is talking to Sam and Dean about related crimes, a picture of Jason Fisher, the guy with glasses, is on the wall. Fisher is the production coordinator for the show. Um, <clears throat> there's a body count of 10 in this episode. Um, let me see. That is a spoiler. Okay. Uh, Erica Carroll, who plays the angel Hannah, previously appeared in two episodes, uh, Faith from 2006 as a nurse and Something Wicked from 2006 as a young mother. And then, um, Lindsay Maxwell, who plays the buxom lass. Was there? A, that must be the cast <laughs> erotica chick. I mean, there's no one else who's very. There's gotta be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Previously appeared in the episode Heart, 2007, as Madison's friend, and Madison was the werewolf that Sam mm-hmm. boffed. So okay. Yeah. Boffed and then offed. <laughs> <laughs> the Sam Winchester special. <laughs> boffed and offed. <laughs> oh no. Oh, poor Sam. The oh, peen of death. Time boff around Travis he's like why do you keep using that I don't know what that means (laughs) (laughs) boffing have you never heard of this before he's like no (laughs) that just means he's never watched any like British TV really because I didn't come up with that I mean that's a very British thing like oh yeah 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 I mean yes it also means fighting with foam swords so I don't think that's (laughs) British I think that's weirdly american i could be wrong who knows yeah who knows <laughs> yeah so okay 
do you have the research? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I went to onlyinyourstate.com because I think this is the only time we're in Ogden <laughs> specifically. Yes. So we did that. Um, and it's 11 truly terrifying ghost stories that prove Ogden is the most haunted city in Utah. Um, it says, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, the city of Ogden sure is rich with ghost stories, enough to make believers out of the skeptics, perhaps. This town has a rich history that includes some pretty wild times and even some violence. Um, read these 11 ghost stories and see if you agree that ha Ogden is the most haunted city in Utah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, the first one is Ben Lomond Suites. I don't know if I said that right, but um, it says Ben Lomond or Lomond maybe Suites was built in 1927 and employees and guests have uh, many ghost stories to tell. Many deaths have occurred there over the years, including an employee who fell down the elevator shaft of the hotel that was on site previously, um, a murder victim, and several suicides. Uh, the most famous ghost story here is that of a mother and her son, both of whom reportedly haunt the 11th floor. The mother was staying at the hotel for her honeymoon, but she drowned in the bathtub in room 1102. Guests report the bathtub faucet turning on and off by itself and a haunting presence in the room. Um, the woman's son came to collect her things, and he stayed in the adjoining room, 1101. Depressed and distraught, the man committed suicide. Um, uh. Guests in this room report cold spots, a creepy feeling, and some even say they've seen the ghost himself. You'll find Ben Lomond Suites on the corner of Washington and 25th Street. Uh, Sorry, there's, <laughs> there's a helicopter going overhead. I don't know if you can hear it, but it was pretty loud. I can't hear it. Okay. <laughs> um, the second one is Union Station. Um, it says, Union Station was the site of a horrible disaster in 1944. The Bagley train disaster killed 48 people. One woman, though, uh, the, I think they okay, meant thought. Huh? So it, the, the, all, all that death happened at the train station or just like a train that left from that station? It says the Bagley train disaster. So I'm guessing okay. that it was a train that something screwy happened with. Yeah. Um. It says, one woman thought to have died in the wreckage is said to roam the halls on the second floor. Um, several people have claimed to see her, though she only speaks to men. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the third one is Greycliff Lodge Restaurant. It says, as you walk toward Greycliff Lodge Restaurant, you might see the figure of a man in the front window. As you get closer, he vanishes. Restaurant patrons and staff have reported that this ghost is sometimes seen in the dining room. He appears to be a pleasant middle-aged man. <laughs> Maybe he's just hungry. Maybe it's his favorite restaurant. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Or maybe he used to live there. Maybe it's like, I mean, the picture of it looks like an old house. Oh, okay, yeah. It's like so maybe. turned into a restaurant, so maybe that was like his home. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it says Ogden High School. It says students and janitors report hearing footsteps in the halls in the evening hours after school is out for the day. Some claim to hear laughter and state that items in certain rooms have been moved during the night. Um, the Ogden City Cemetery. It says the story of Florence Grange is an old legend in Ogden. Um, Flo is rumored to have died when she was hit by a car or by choking on a piece of candy or, most likely, from Spanish flu. However she died, folks say she's still present in the Ogden City Cemetery where she's buried. Um, if you approach your grave site in your car and flash your lights... Flo will appear and walk towards your car, vanishing before she reaches it. Why would Ooh, you call it to me? I want to try. 
That sounds awesome. And you don't have I to know somebody who lives next to Ogden. Really? So, Ooh. Yeah. You should. You need to text that person. And in like, Ogden, and yeah. then moved out of Ogden to be closer to like Salt Lake City or something. I think I don't know. Um, well, be like, hey, can you go do this real quick? It's for it's for science. He's gonna be like, um, hell no. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this real quick. <laughs> like, you can do that by a damn self. You know, <laughs> that's how that's gonna go down. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. Well, if I ever, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And if I ever encounter her again, I'm gonna be like, hey. And you should do something for me. And then I'll give her creepy eyes and she'll never talk to me again. But okay. <laughs> she'll probably be like, um, your friend's what? weird. <laughs> Why do I have to do this scary thing? <laughs> um, the next one is Tinseltown Theaters, uh, which is in Newgate Mall. Um, it says there's a rumor here that two people who worked for the theater that was here previously committed suicide years ago. Current employees work to or report two dark shadows that plague them in theaters while they're cleaning. They hear growling noises and thumps. Ooh. Workers in the projections room um, have reported that they've been trapped in there when the door apparently locks itself. That's creepy. The growling. I don't like that. The growling like is the worst part of that for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next one is Weber State University or Weber, maybe? Weber? I'm going to go with Weber. Yeah. Seems right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> in 1993, a student at Weber State University was in a student grievance hearing when he pulled a gun out and started shooting. An on-campus police officer shot the man who later died from his wounds. Students report feeling as though they're being watched here, and some claim to feel cold spots and hear unexplained noises. Wow. Um, number eight is Ogden Canyon. It says Ogden Canyon is beautiful, but it can also be deadly. Many people have died on the winding canyon road, and some may still be hanging out there. Some drivers report seeing a woman in white walking along the road who disappears Ooh. as their cars get near. Um, others say there's a male hitchhiker in the canyon who, when you pull over, will pound your passenger window and scream before vanishing. That's terrifying. Also, don't pull over. Come on. Don't pull over. What are you doing? You know? No, no. <laughs> Show me your credentials, sir. <laughs> exactly. God. <laughs> Who in the hell are you? <laughs> uh, Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't like it. Um, so nine is the Belshire Hospital. Um, it says Belshire Hospi Hospital blah, 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 was once a psychiatric hospital, though it's been closed for years. Uh, like all asylums, this place is rife with ghost stories. Alleged experimentation on patients along with abusive or abuse give this place a creepy vibe. Um, people report hearing screams coming from the vacant building and seeing shadows at the windows. Mm. Uh, one ghost hunting team reported that they saw the ghost of a young girl descending the staircase. That's creepy. Um, number 10 is Alterist Memorial Park. Um, it says, wander through Alterist Memorial Park and take a bunch of photos. When you look at them later, you might see people that were definitely not there while you were photographing the area. Visitors also report seeing headstones glowing and say that some headstones never get cold. When it snows, the snow melts right off the gravestones, the gravestones, the gravestones, even though others nearby are soon covered in inches of powder. Wow, that place sounds cool, huh? <laughs> I want to try that picture test. Yeah, just like go through and snap a bunch of pictures. Yeah. Um, number 11 is Historic 25th Street. It says, you'll find ghost stories up and down historic 25th Street, which has a sordid, violent past. 
Before its revitalization, the street was once notorious for prostitution, drinking, and gambling, and was considered the murder capital of Utah. The shops and buildings here, it doesn't, I don't think it really says. Um, The shops and buildings here are connected by underground tunnels. Um, If you dare to venture into the basements of the shops, you might hear screams or even see full-bodied ghosts. I got questions about these tunnels. Why? (laughs) My question is why? Why are there tunnels? Underground tunnels. I mean, they have them in Seattle, though. Like, that's the underground tours and that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, they're not, like... And it's not like a place that people go to unless you're doing a tour, you know, right, yeah. that I know of anyways. So I would assume that it's probably kind of something similar to that, you know, yeah, huh. but okay. yeah. <laughs> Yay. Sounds all kinds of fucked up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um. So what was your Ijidrasa moment from today? Um, okay. So the other day, um, I, I, I made a couple very uncomfortable. <laughs> I was at um, Killian's Karate Dojo, and sometimes my mom joins me, sometimes Eric does, but this time I was by myself, and um, the, like, the, you know, parental viewing area was completely full. You know, they have, like, a lot of chairs in there, and you look through, like, windows that are, like, darkened on the one side, so the kids can see you if they're, like, close to you, but if they're, like, further away, that you know, it's just kind of, like, dark glass, kind of. Yeah, so you don't distract them too much. But anyway, so I, you know, whatever. That's not really important. Anywho, <laughs> um, so I'm sitting there, and there are people on both sides of me. To my left was this um, a girl and a guy. I'm assuming they were a couple. Um, they didn't. I mean, there's, they might not have been. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> seemed like it, but you know, whatever. Uh, also, not important. Um, but well, kind of. I I thought they were at least married and there with their kid. You know what I mean? But yeah. And that was just my, my impression. Um, but, um, the guy, so the guy sits next to me like 15 minutes into the class and, um, and they were like, Oh, Hey, is anyone sitting here? And I was like, Oh no, go ahead. They sit down. The guy sits next to me, you know, our chairs aren't like touching or anything. There's a good, like, you know, half to full foot between us or chairs, you know, Mm -hmm. and he smells so fucking good. Oh my God. Like it like like, overwhelmed my world. And I, I don't even really, like, I didn't even like look at his face even. I wasn't just like, he's like, I don't even need to know what you look like. I just need to know that you smell good. I was like, like the thoughts running through my head were like, this must be what Jensen smells like. You know what I mean? It was stuff like that. And so I was like, okay, like I need to know what cologne he's wearing because Eric needs a new cologne. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I got him one, you know, good God, like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that you don't shouldn't keep cologne for that long, <laughs> you know. It's probably it not so good. Eventually. Yeah. So I was like, you know, and who even knows? Funky, you know? I don't. Yeah, I don't know where it is or if it's still good. But like, you know, he could go for a new one, right? So sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is perfect. Like, I'm gonna ask him what he's wearing, and then I'm gonna go buy it for Eric. This is great. And then I was like, oh my god, how do I do this? Like, he's here with his wife, girlfriend, baby mama, whatever. Like, I don't yeah. wanna. <laughs> I don't wanna. I don't want to offend her, you know what I mean? By yeah. some girl just being like, mm, damn, you smell good. You know what I mean? I don't want to come yeah. across like I was like hitting on I mean, him. I wouldn't assume that you would say it like that, though. I definitely would, but you know what I mean? I was concerned that they would think I was hitting on him, which, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no. I just want to know what he's wearing. Because I make my husband smell like that. So, you know, I wait till the last, like, five minutes of the class. And I just, like, I looked at them. And I was like, hey, I'm not trying to be really creepy, but, you know, could you please tell me what cologne you're wearing so that I can make my husband smell like that? And the girl, she like rolled her eyes at me and then went right back to looking at her phone. Like didn't even, 
Jeez. Like, didn't even, yeah, acknowledge anything except for that eye roll. So I was like, great. I am creepy. I, I creeped her out. I pissed her off. She thinks I'm hitting on her dude. Like, great. This is She's probably like, yeah, whatever. Okay. And then you know? the guy, <laughs> the guy kind of looks at me like in total disbelief. Like the look he gave me was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, oh no. And he was like, it's curve. And I was like, what? Like you're wearing curve. Cause curve is like a very, you know, general cheap one. And I thought he was going to say yeah. something I've never heard of. That's like 80 bucks or more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. Like, like which, which curve? Cause there's more than one. He was like, I think it's the yellow bottle. He's like, I don't know. It's like, I just got it at Ross. And I was like, well, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, that means it's cheap and that's perfect. You know, I didn't yeah. say the cheap part, but I was like, yeah. well, okay, thank you. And then I went back to, you know, very carefully not looking at them because they were both clearly <laughs> weirded out by me. So <laughs> they're just like, what? <laughs> so, right side. I can now make Eric smell delicious for cheaper than I was expecting to. But um, like, God, I just felt, I really, I thought about it for honestly, like 25 minutes about how it's going to come across as not hitting on this guy or pissing anybody off or I whatever. Think that they're just like, it sounds like she just is in her own little world and doesn't really want to talk to people. And it sounds like he's just like, wait, what? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. They both kind of sound like they're just not people person. <laughs> like Maisie says. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, but before that, they were like nonstop chatting to each other. Whatever kid that was with them kept coming over for water breaks. And they were like real chatty, just like oh, to huh. each other. So, you know, kind of in a like, way that maybe they were catching up with each other too which was I was like maybe they're not a couple you know what I mean maybe they're related or I don't I don't really know not my business anyway but like yeah. you know mostly I was just like I don't want this girl to think I'm hitting on her dude you know what I mean like yeah I don't think like, you did anything worry. wrong I think it's okay. just like they I don't know or either awkward about talking to other people or they're just kind of like you're not my friend. Why are you talking to me? Sort of people, you know, it was was a little bit weird and it made me feel like I did it in the wrong way. But I mean, I don't think you did. I mean, it sounds like it was nor, I mean, if somebody asked Travis that I'd just be like, okay, you know, like whatever kind of odd request, but whatever, you know, know, I wouldn't really think twice about it. So Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I tried to, I tried to be like, you know, I have a husband. And I want him to smell like that. Not, yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't want you, you know, yeah. regardless of how you smell. I don't know. It was just all weird. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. What was your Jitter Aspen moment? Um, so mine, my family went to a Mariners game. We've been to a couple of Mariners games this season. Mm-hmm. They suck. So there's that. But, you know, mm-hmm. still fun to go and eat garlic fries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but the first one that we went to is for my brother's birthday or something like that, I think is what we were. Yeah, we were going for my brother's birthday way after my brother's birthday, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're driving home from, so we generally go to like the light rail and then like take that up to the game. And then so that yeah. way you're not trying to like find parking in Seattle and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, so, like, parking is a bitch, yeah. Oh, it's so bad and expensive. And so we like, you know, drove to the light rail and then on our way back, we, you know, get in the car and we're like going out of the light rail station area. And there's some like guy who's like legit high on something or drunk. I don't know. And he's got this like stick. Oh, <laughs> and no. he's, like waving it at people and is like 
and you did this, you know, and like that whole thing. And there was like a group of guys around him that were all like, okay, bro, calm down, you know, and he's just like going crazy. And I'm like, okay, I don't like, we gotta get um, out of here. to get sticked by this guy. <laughs> like yeah. what's going on? You know? So like, I felt a little bit, because I was in the car, right? So, like, I was kind of an idiot for even thinking that he could probably do anything other than maybe scratch the car. But, like... I'm predictable, yeah, that, though. You know? Like, it's just, just unpredictable. Yeah, and he's got something uh, kind of weaponish. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, he was just being a big old idiot and trying to, like, threaten people with sticks and, like, the security's over there and, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And he's just, like, big mad about something. I don't know. He had some emotions going on. But it was yeah. just, like... Dude, like, why are you, no, like, control, control your stick situation. Control your stick. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's great. You don't need to be sticking people, you know? Yeah. Like, how big of a stick was it? Was I it, like, a branch? A couple feet. Like, it okay. wasn't a huge stick, but it was enough to where, like, if you got hit with it, it would hurt, you know? Like, could it break a car window? Um, maybe not. Okay, okay. But still, you know, it was kind yeah. of like, um, we should get out of here, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Hopefully yeah. nobody gets stuck either. So that's, you know, like, or yeah. stuck, I guess. <laughs> get stuck with a stick. <laughs> yeah. That's scary. I was going to say, like, call the cops. But if the security guys were there, then that's fine, you know? It's very possible that somebody was calling the cops. and I'm sure they were. Yeah. If it, yeah. But, like, there was this guy that was like, well, man, I don't want any trouble. Just, like move along you know mm-hmm. and he's just like and you, you know? oh my like, god what's going on you know like yeah I don't know I he he had to have like been on some sort of drug or alcohol something you know because like normally people don't act like that unless they do have some sort of like psychiatric issues which is also possible which could reach hey yeah, that could happen and in that yeah. case like you know, give them help, you know, like, yeah. but also but still, keep like, them from hurting other people and themselves. Sick, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. scary. So, that was a little bit interesting. So that was kind of like, I wasn't sure whether that was an idiot or grass butt moment, but I was like, this is definitely a moment of some brain. <laughs> it's an alarming moment for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your idget and aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.